This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. Hey, More Than Workers. One of the things that we see working with employers and employees that they are all in agreement with, but strangely constantly fighting about, is job satisfaction. Employers are looking for ways to help their employees to feel satisfied in their jobs. Believe it or not, employees, the employers want you to like what they do. They they want you to like what you do. They want you to like what you do as an employer. I think both of those things are true. I think I said it right both times. It's tricky, right? But the employees also oftentimes are asking for more. They want more of something. But what is it? Is it more money? Is it more time off? Is it more flexibility? Is it more, what is it? What are they looking for? So there's this weird dichotomy of between what employers want and what employees want. So today we're going to talk about job satisfaction and we're going to talk about it from both perspectives, the employer's perspective. What can I do to help my people feel satisfied at work? Because I want them to keep coming back. I want them to enjoy their jobs. I want them to give me the best effort that they can. And then also as the employee perspective, you should want to love your job. Because you are worthy of having a great job. You're worthy of having a great job. So you, what makes a great job for you? Is it just more pay? Is it more flexibility? Is it beanbag chairs in the corner? Is it ping pong tables? Is it potluck suppers? What are the things that really truly lead to job satisfaction? So our team here at People Centric are going to talk about job satisfaction, along with Bethany Taff, Diana Royalty, and our host, Matt Griswold. Thanks, Don. And this actually came to us as a, as a listener input, a listener topic, right? So Don and I had the awesome opportunity to be able to travel down to Mississippi and speak with some wonderful healthcare workers there for an organization that, that we like to support across the country. And uh, a participant there, Carrie, reached out to us. And actually, I was trying to get coffee, right? We hadn't even started yet. Like the show hadn't started yet, Don. If you remember, this, so if I could set the stage and, and Carrie turned around as we were getting a cup of coffee and she said, hey, I just have to tell you, I love your podcast. And and that's awesome. We love to hear from listeners uh, like uh, like Carrie. And, and, and that's uh, it. Settle down, Carrie. Settle down, yeah. Carrie. I'm, I haven't even started yet. Just back off. <laughs> right. Calm down. I, I, know we're, I know we're celebrities out there. Just give us some space <laughs> is what Matt's trying to say. Just give us our space. Yeah. And it was, as we talked about, you know, what, what Carrie enjoyed about the podcast, she was talking about our different personalities, our different perspectives, our different point of view, uh, points of view, you know, the, all four of us, you know, typically think about uh, and approach things differently. None, none of them right or wrong or necessarily, you know, wrong from each other, but we just approach them differently. And she asked if we could do a topic around how to incentivize people or create motivation without always having to use money, this idea. And right now, that probably piqued the interest of a lot of managers and business owners. They're like, yeah, how do I do that? And as we talked about it as a team, we really came to the, the, the conclusion that we talk about that a lot. We talk about the five sets of systems that we always work around to build a high performing, performing culture. You know, we talked about the three things that, that motivate people uh, to want to do better. And so we thought, you know, at, through conversation, Don, I think you were the one that brought it up. It's really comes down to job satisfaction. And I know that you, you know, said it two different ways there in the beginning, your employer wants you to love what they do, but your employer wants you to love what you do as well. Like we want you to be passionate about the thing that the employer is trying to accomplish, because if you're passionate about it, then you're better and we're better. But we also want you satisfied in that role as well, because if you're satisfied, then you're going to be better in that role too, and the team dynamic and the whole thing. So it it comes down to this idea of job satisfaction. So let's create a baseline 
of where we are. Don, talk about, you talked about, okay, so as long as Maslow's is taken care of, let's start from that point. Okay, so I, I think most people have heard of Maslow's hierarchy. If you haven't, you can Google it and it's a nice little pyramid. And basically the idea is that we are all in our nature want to be self-determined. We want to drive to something bigger than ourselves. But for us to get there, we have to get some basic needs met first. So we have to start at the bottom of the pyramid. It's really basic things like food, right? If a student is in class and they are hungry, they don't learn as well. That's very basic. And that's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. This idea that you have to have some basic needs met. If you are an employee and you are getting paid $9 an hour and you are trying to support a family on that, you can't. And so your basic needs aren't getting met. So it doesn't really matter what other things are going to happen around you. It doesn't matter, hey, but we got flex time or we've got free candy on the on the countertop over there that you can grab or we do ping pong Fridays. So that'll be fun. If your basic needs aren't being met, you can't get to those higher level of needs. Uh, what's kind of cool about that is the employees want that that want that, but the employers want that too. When we talk about the highest level of needs or the highest level on Maslow's pyramid is the idea of being engaged. And we talk about being engaged a lot. And the engaged person is all in. It's I'm going to do what I want to do, what I need to do for the company because I want to do it and because the company needs me to do it. That's what we're trying to get to is the synergy that happens when the employer and the employee are aligned in what they're trying to accomplish and everybody's working towards a common purpose together. That's what we're trying to get to. But there's all this noise that's out there where our basic needs aren't being met. My flexibility is not being met. I don't have time to take my kids to school in the morning. Uh, I don't have the flexibility that I need to take care of a sick parent or a, a sick dog or take, I don't know why everybody's sick all of a sudden with those examples, or I have enough money to spend uh, to buy a new car as my car breaks down. Those basic needs have to be met before your higher needs can be met before the employer's higher needs can also be met. Yeah. So, so what we wanted to do was to be able to say, yes, we're starting foundationally. Like those basic needs are already met because I can just hear the department leads and the business owners that are going, yes, we do. We act, we do. We pay a livable wage. We, we took that into account. In fact, I'll take that to the next step. You might be an employer right now that's going, we pay well, we have great benefits. We do the flex time scheduling. And it still seems like my people are not motivated. Like they're not, they're not doing the things that, that I need them to do. This causes a chain reaction, by the way. If I feel like my employees are like that, that's probably going to change the way that I now manage my employees and how I treat about treat my employees, how I talk about my employees, you know, how I act around my employees, those types of things. In fact, how many of us maybe have talked and maybe we could share an example of this, talk to business owners that are frustrated because it feels like it feels like they have done like this, this podcast sounds super elementary to some people. Like I've covered all these bases. I feel like I, I produce um, a great environment for people to work in. I pay them well, I have benefits and I just, you know what? I do my best to continually throw that to them. And they, for whatever reason, continue to push back on that. Have you seen that? And maybe what's the error in that approach? I think I've shared this story before, but it's worth repeating is when I worked at, I used to work at a corn plant and uh, my boss, Ray, who I've talked about a lot, who is, is still one of my favorite people, very, very smart uh, boss, very intimidating too. One of those guys that just knows what's going on and stuff. He used to hand out Carhartt jackets around Christmas time. And he would get everybody's, your name would get inscribed on the jacket. Like it was a nice gift. Like if you, if you know Carhartt jackets, we, we're not sponsored by Carhartt, but they're really good, rugged, like industrial like warm. 
coats like yeah not yet so Carter, give table. us a call send us some coats <laughs> with their names on it just saying we would appreciate it <laughs> yeah he, he made a big deal every christmas and he thought it was a gr great way to show appreciation it was a very customized gift he knew everybody would use it because sometimes it was cold out where we worked and he would walk around and hand out these jackets to everybody now this is before i started and i heard the story later because i never got a jacket i didn't get a jacket so why didn't i get a jacket i asked operators who had jackets like why did you all get jackets and where did you get those jackets and they told me the story that he would go out and hand those jackets every year and then one year he was going out with a box of jackets and handing them out and he handed them to somebody and somebody said oh great another jacket and he walked around and collected all of the jackets he took them all back he took them all back. He took them away from everybody else. And I guess he donated them out to someplace or something. According wow. Now that's what the legend is. That happened before I was there. Uh, the spin on that legend too, is if you started there and people didn't like you, as they would say, it, it, people would invariably ask, where do I get a coat like that? And if they didn't like you, they'd say, I don't know, go ask Ray. He'd probably, he'll give you one. <laughs> and Ray was, it was never the conversation you wanted to have. But you can imagine, like I can, I can see Ray's frustration uh, from that story is he's trying to do something nice for everybody and he's trying to put it out there for everybody and give away yeah. this gift and show his appreciation and then somebody else has these other needs that they have that aren't being met there's something else that's not that's creating maybe a lack of job satisfaction and then the jacket is just like a symbol it's like pushing and so the owner's like i'm doing things to show my appreciation but if we talk to the employees in the same situation they might say that they're missing the mark a little bit that's right yeah any other examples diana bethany That was a really good example. That, that was, was really, I don't think anybody can top that, that one. I feel like that happens a lot with my kids. Like I'm doing everything you could possibly want. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, you know, I think it feels, it feels like it comes down to one of these other conversations we have of like, okay, so what's the motivation though? What's the motivation of the employer? What is, what are they set setting out to do? Like to, to them, they are trying to create the best work atmosphere possible. So then, so then in return, they can create the best product product possible. If I'm the employee, maybe I am looking for the best workplace possible, but how we each define those might be different. How might yeah. an employer define it differently than employee if we want to go there? Don, what were you going to say? And man, I know there's some executives listening to this and say, remember the days when you could just pay people and they just did the work because you paid them to? Yeah. Wasn't that yeah. great? That was, those were the days. Well, and we were talking about this too before recording, but I think that's, you know, one of those examples is companies that we see who maybe they do pay, maybe they do pay pretty well, or maybe they do have a really great retirement plan or yeah. whatever. And we've still seen employees who are not happy with their job. And there's lots of other things that are not being met and they feel like they're not even being heard. So they're like, thanks, thanks for this retirement. But also we have some other like needs or there's some things that are not going well here. And, and so it's, it, it's, there's still issues. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're gauging success differently. We're judging success of this differently. I think if we said, okay, Maslow's is foundational. That's a foundational truth. The other foundational truth is typically the employers and the employees are trying to do the same thing. We're trying to go to work and be satisfied and, and, and uh, really, really love, love the job and feel accomplished. Uh, at the end of the day, we feel like we made a difference in the world, whatever that, whatever that was. We feel like we we're able to, to succeed in our job. And, and sometimes we have to maybe take a step back and define what that success looks like. This reminds me of another business that we worked with where the owners, owner, there was, it's a small business, eight to 10 people. The owner spent, said he spent $20,000 in desks. 
and he put them all in the offices of the place. And he was really proud of the purchase that he made. $20,000 for these nice desks for all the employees. And the employees' first response was not thank you. The first response was, hey, have you seen those desks where you could like stand and sit? Like those would be cool. Those would be really cool. And again, was that a huge dissatisfier or was a mass exodus of people leaving? No, but that that's just an example of where ultimately the business owner came around and said, I could have saved myself $20,000 if I'd have just asked them what they wanted before I did it. And, and sometimes it's the approach of how we're going about, uh, about those things. So what are some tangible things that we might say, okay, so from an employer's perspective, what are some take a step back? And maybe reset things that you would say tangibly that people could potentially do to maybe find that common ground earlier. It's interesting. There's a study that I was reading that was put out in Forbes magazine, and it talked about like, what are some of the major drivers of job satisfaction? And they, it was a direct survey. They went to employees and said, tell me about job satisfaction. Yeah. The number one thing that drove job satisfaction is the leadership. It's the leadership. It's who is who. And, and I think they're referring to like the manager. Who is it that they work for? Like, what does that look for? And it's not necessarily, I think that the, the mindset that, that managers get into is if I, if my employees are asking me to do something for them, so I'm going to do something for them. I don't think always that's what employees are asking for from their manager. I think yeah. sometimes employees are asking for more opportunities to do more things for the company itself. They want actually more opportunities to, to make an impact at the end of the day, to impact company performance. We work with a company where the employees kept talking about flexibility. The business owner kept talking about performance of the company. And they were trying to figure out why they were so misaligned on that. Like, I'm giving you as much flexibility as I can, but we're not performing at a level to be able to get the performance of the company to where I can give you more flexibility. And the good news about that was we kind of flipped the script on that and said, like, let's get the employees more visible visibility to the performance of the company so that they can feel like they're starting to make an impact on that. And then as a result of that, from those wins, then they can build on their own flexibility. It's not something that always managers want to need to give to somebody. I think that's the mindset that managers get stuck in. I'm, I'm going to give you something. You're asking me for something. I'm going to give it to you. Sometimes, sometimes it's more of you allowing them to give something back to themselves or to the company. You know, one of those, and that, you know, if we're translating that into a tangible quick tip. Sometimes we get frustrated at our employees for not acting or behaving in a certain way that I would expect them to act or behave, or they're asking questions that seem frivolous, but you haven't done a great job of of giving them enough information to make the best decisions or the smart decisions you know so one of those tangible tips is maybe i can share just a little bit more information about the reality of the department the reality of the business the reality of the organization uh, the reality of their role or the expectation of what that looks like and then i can equip them with enough information to where they feel like they can contribute on a different level because now they're making decisions that are educated decisions based on the information that'd be a good one what other tangible tips do you think we could have I think that's really good. I think that it's just always a mistake whenever we say, okay, employees, tell me what you want and I'll just get it for you. I think both right. sides have to put it on the table about what do you need? And that's great. I want that for you too. We talk about that a lot. Like if an employee comes to you and says, hey, I want a raise or I want this, I want a new car, or I want an airplane, whatever the things that they want. 
I think all, all of those things we have asked for, but all of those, those are literally even the airplane are all things that people oh, yeah. on this call have asked me as a boss Maybe. for. That's true. Could, could we please get an airplane? Could we please get an airplane? And my response is, I want an airplane too. <laughs> yeah. I'm all in on that. That sounds awesome. Like, let's get an airplane and a pilot and fly us all over the place. Mm -hmm. So, what do we need to do as a team to make it realistic for our team to be able to get that? And I kind of want to add that I think. Matt does a really good job of digging in a little more. I find it interesting when an employee comes to a boss and is like, I want an airplane, right? And then the boss is like, well, I want an airplane too. But then Matt asks the question like, um, why do you want an airplane? Like, what problem are you trying to solve? And I think it's really important for us as leaders and as employees to evaluate like, what problem are you trying to solve by asking for that thing? and then really show the reason behind why you're asking. I'm sorry, I got totally thrown off. What was that, Matt? <laughs> what? Matt just, if you can't see it on the what podcast here, and we can leave this part in because I think our podcast listeners need to know this, is Matt won a trophy. What was that like seven years ago now? The dancing uh, two, with the, it was two, year, two years ago. Dancing with the Stars Trophy yeah. kind of the fundraiser mm -hmm. kind of deal. And he keeps his trophy really close and it's sparkling all over him. So he just- Sorry, I'm in, a, I'm in a four season sunroom. This is where my office is. And uh, whenever the sun just hits it, you guys can see it's a party. It's it's sparkling the party, on this. disco party all over right now. And I was so, distracting myself with that. So Sorry. what's funny about that is while Diana was literally complimenting Matt on his ability to ask questions and listen to the answers, Matt was zoning out and playing with his trophy no, on camera. I was, okay. I was so celebrating. It, like. it was a dance party. I was celebrating the compliment. Oh, oh okay. That's oh. where I got from that. Well, I just saw like trophies in my screen and I was like, what Where's is that? happening right now? What? is going through Matt's anyway, brain. Guys, you just have to really stay humble. I think that's the, I think that's what it is. You just have to really, <laughs> to really take the high road, stay humble. Oh my God. Anyway, so I, I like when we can sit and think through why we're asking for something and determine like the really root cause of what you're asking for. I think it's important to think through those things. Diana, I appreciate the compliment. Thank you very, thank you very much yeah. for that. I think, I think the the tangible tip is, you know, being able, to, if I'm an employer, being able to ask the next question. I think emotionally we want to respond. And we've talked about this too. There's an emotional intelligence part that goes to this. Emotionally, if I feel like I have done all of the things that I could possibly do to create an environment where people should be happy to work here. And then the first thing you come to me is the one thing that I didn't do emotionally. There's a reaction there, um, but but if I can stop, stand back from the emotional side of that, and then just maybe ask the next next question, I think that's a good tangible tip too. Maybe find out I think, more. Maybe it's I think you can flip that around too, Matt. Is like if the, if you're the employee and you've done a thousand really good things, and the one thing the manager comes and talks to you about is the one thing you don't do really well, that's just human nature, right? That's a problem. Yeah, that's a real problem. But we know that 69% of managers have trouble giving feedback to their employees about anything. So a lot of times that means that managers hold back the feedback until they see something wrong that they have to bring up. So then it's like, yeah, I know that you've handled all of these great things perfectly in the past, but I'm going to bring up the one time that you messed up and that's going to be frustrating. I know there's a lot of employees now listening are going, oh my gosh, testify. That is a huge <laughs> right. problem. But that's true for both sides. If we are looking at the other side of the equation, whichever side you're on, if you're the employer or the employer, if you're looking at the other side and thinking, what have they done for me lately? And what are they screwing up? That's a recipe for bad. That's a recipe for anti-job satisfaction. Uh, I, you know, here's a quick, 
I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, if you're the employee and you're doing that and you're waiting for management to screw up and you listen to these podcasts because you're thinking your managers are so far removed from what we talk about, you're probably not helping your own job satisfaction. Hopefully you're listening to the podcast thinking, how can you be a better employee? That's how you help your job satisfaction. Same thing with the employer is if you're the employer thinking these employees aren't think, thinking right and they're, they're all wrong, you yeah. need to be thinking about yourself and how can you be a better employer and then let the employees own what they can own. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, to, to take that just one more step further, you know, when we begin to work with different organizations and we start to start to talk to the employees about, you know, we have this organic conversation typically when we begin a relationship and it's like, hey, what's good? What's not good? What works around here? What, what doesn't work around here? What do you love about this place? What do you wish could change uh, for the better? And it's, it, you know, it's very, very common for the employees to start off in this us versus them mentality or we versus they mentality. It's like, well, if they would just do these things, we would probably be much happier if they would do these things or they might even go a step further. They might even say, well, I've brought it up several times and they've not done anything with it. Uh, like it's just very, very divisive. And here's a pro tip for the employees. If you just continually lob ideas over the wall to leadership, that they don't wake up thinking about automatically anyway. It's not necessarily in their role, it's in your role. But if I continually lob, lob ideas at the feet of them saying, these are just gold, you know, take it and run with it, um, you're probably not gonna get anywhere with that. But if I'm able to take that idea and maybe take it a step further, which is what we work with these folks to be able to do, how would that, how would that work? Why do we want that in the first place? Kind of like Diana was talking about, or we, what, is it, what does it look like if we had that? And we, we do the homework maybe for the leadership and say, here's another idea, but we've done some homework. We've taken it the next two steps for you. Almost we're presenting it not as just an idea for improvement, but a, a recommendation because we've done the homework. If I have to take a lot of the legwork, if I could take a lot of the legwork out for leadership to be able to go, yeah, let's do it or not, man, we're probably much more satisfied because we had a part in that and leadership is more satisfied because you didn't just give me a headache or a problem that I had, I felt like I had to do or you were going to revolt. I would tweak that a little bit. I would add, uh, Diana, you might've been saying the same thing. I saw you just jumped on at the same time I did. I apologize for stepping on you, but <laughs> I, I, you want to be a little careful employee to bring your management in just far enough to know that you're not going to run way down the road and then get shut down. It's awful to be a manager and have an employee bring you something that they clearly worked really, really hard on. That's not a good idea, or you can't implement for some reason. Good, good point. That, that, that puts you in a bad spot. So you want to make sure you don't disengage your manager either. Yeah, I was going to say something sort of like that. I really love when people come to me and say, hey, Diana, here's my pain point. Here's how I think we can solve it. What do you think about that? And then we can collaborate together and we're all on the same page about what's going on. But I love it when employees bring stuff to me that's operational that they're thinking about that is a pain point for them that maybe I didn't know about or maybe I did but I couldn't solve it on my own or whatever that looks like and I love it when we can talk through that together so that I can say like okay here's my barriers as I see them as the financials or the other management or whatever that looks like and then they can say like okay great here's my barriers and then we can work on something together and I think it comes out so much better that way. So one of the tangible tips for both sides is the ability to be able to take a step back and maybe open a line of communication. I think that's a tangible tip that both, you know, the employer, the employee 
might say, um, yeah, here, let me, let me help lay it out, at least from us in this role. This is what we do all the time. Here's some ideas for improvement. And maybe from leadership's perspective of being able to go, I have some thoughts of what I think we could probably do, but before we do anything, I wanted to be able to talk and let's get together on this. At least create a space for that communication to happen. I think, and I don't know if we want to, we don't necessarily need to go there, but part of me feels like, Okay, so the employer's done a good job taking care of the basic needs, paying a living wage, providing good benefits, maybe even have a few extra perks. The employee understand what it is. I think you need to evaluate too. Well, understand what it is that that is creating your satisfaction. At what point are you content in that role or will you not be content in that role? At what point is it that you're just chasing whoever pays more. Uh, you're not even looking at the culture stuff that's there. You're not looking at the role that's in. This is that whole idea of the grass is always greener on the other side. No, it's not. No, it's not. How many times have we worked with employees that they have somebody that left and came back and they are there to testify to the other people like, don't, don't do it. It's actually really good here. You know, so there's a lot of accountability on the employee too, saying, are you doing all the things that you need to, you need to be doing? And at what point are you going to be content or satisfied with the job? If you're not going to be, maybe you can start offboarding now um, because you're not going to get to that level too. I don't there's, some good, there's some good studies on happiness and there's a book and I, I should have looked up the book. I shouldn't even mention the book since I can't think of what the book is, but it was a study that this guy did who was homeless and he had a lot of time. So he went to the library every day. And what he wanted to study was how do people get so lucky? How do successful people get so darn lucky in their lives? And so he started reading about famous people who he thought were just really lucky to find out what breaks did they get. And he was doing this research on this. And what he discovered instead was something about the happiness was that successful people just at some point in their life just decided to be happy. They decided to be happy themselves. They decided to enjoy their own job. They took ownership in their own career. They, they didn't look at themselves as a victim going from bad manager to bad manager and waiting for everybody else to screw up. They looked at the ownership of that. I think that's the key to being happy is taking ownership in at least the process itself so that even if it's not perfect, even if it's not exactly the way it should be, at least it's yours. And then you feel like you have some control over making it better. I think that's true if you're an employer. I think that's true if you're an employee. It's not about the stuff that you do. Sometimes we'll see like our, like our team took a, uh, took a trip this summer out to, uh, we did some suburban trail stuff and out to Kentucky and had fun with that. And I've shared with that with, with some others. And some folks are saying, that's a great idea. Like we should go do the same thing. I don't know if the same event would work for every other company. I don't think that all people would see that as a benefit in terms of what they do. I think the reason that that event worked really well for us is that we all had a role in creating what it looked like. Like it, the, the idea kind of formed amongst all four of us. It wasn't like I had the idea and said, hey, we're going to go do this. Diana helped plan a bunch of stuff. Bethany helped plan a bunch of stuff. Matt and I showed up, told all yeah. the jokes, the best jokes, all that kind right. of stuff. I'm just kidding. No, Matt, uh, we, all had a, we all had our own roles. We all added something to that trip. Which, which I thought made it kind of cool. And, and it helped us all to own what happened during that. I think that it's not the thing that you do, it's who created the thing that you do. Yeah. Yeah. The hardest part about that trip was pulling Bethany away from the bourbon tables. Am I right? Like, holy smokes, calm. I'm just kidding. It was not Bethany's jam. It was not Bethany's jam, but you were along for the ride. Place. It was fun. So. It was, yeah. Team player. It's good. Yeah. I think another key component to that trip was that we all asked for it. It we even double checked and said, like, we know we're all busy. We're all traveling a lot. Do we still want to do it? And all of us said yes. So I think 
there was something to like, we all wanted it. It wasn't just thrown at us. It wasn't something that was, that was expected of us. We all wanted it. And we're sort of asking for that kind of trip. So I think there's something key there in that, like, it is what we wanted. And so we built it and we created it and we double checked that we wanted it. And our boss didn't just say like, this is what you need. You know, we all determined it was what we needed. Yeah. And we all kind of like to hang out together too. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, go around and get a quick tip on this idea of quote unquote job satisfaction. Again, Carrie in Mississippi gave us this idea. How do I incentivize people or motivate people without just using money? I get it. We can only pay so much, but maybe there are some other things that we could do. Some quick tips. We talked about from the employer level. We talked about from the employee level, maybe even delivered a a couple of difficult truths here. But Diana, you want to start us off with your quick tip? Sure. I think mine is create the space for the conversation. If you are a manager and you haven't asked some of the questions about like, where are your pain points? What are things we can do to help make your life easier and better here? If you haven't asked those questions, you definitely should be. And if you are an employee that has some suggestions and hasn't been able to put those forth to a manager, schedule the meeting with them and have the conversation, like intentionally find the space to do that together. That's great. Thanks, Diana. Bethany? I like the tip that we were talking about earlier for employees of like knowing why you're asking for something. Like, what is it really? I think we encounter that a lot when we work with clients. We work a lot in the healthcare industry, which I think that's a big one right now where we've seen so many people who um, are just burned out and tired and there's lots of needs there. And the, the need, the thing that I hear almost the most is, well, we should get paid more. And I'm not saying that that's not true in every case, but I have a feeling that there's probably some other, there's some other needs there that actually would trump what you are saying that you need when, when it comes to pay. So really be, be aware of why you're asking for something. Awesome. Thank you. I'm going to reiterate what what Don had uh, said just a little bit ago. I'll speak for both of us there. But one of those keys to happiness uh, there is your perspective. How are you defining happiness? And maybe it's just a personal choice. What is it that you're chasing? What is it that you're wanting? How are you defining contentment and happiness for yourself? You know, do you do you know at what point you plan to be happy? If you're not, could you let us know? Uh, what are the things that you're looking for? And maybe let's work together towards that too. But starts with a personal choice that can go for employer or employee um, as well. So. Anyway, we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Thanks, Carrie, for the idea. If you all have other um, ideas, we, we'd be happy to, uh, to to entertain those topics as well. Maybe if you wanted, even if it's something that we've done a podcast on, but you wanted maybe a part two, uh, maybe we left some things hanging for you and you wanted us to follow up on those, we're happy to be able to address those too. Diana, tell them how they can get a hold of us. Yeah, you can find us on social media or you know follow us on any of our our handles at PeopleCentric, or you can email us directly at morethanwork at peopleccg.com. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.